there. I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm a realtor and a home functionality coach. I geek out on every subject imaginable regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I post questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual high fives and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss home functionality and aesthetics. What makes people passionate about their homes and what makes a person really love a space? It is surprising to me that so few people really actively love their home with any kind of detectable passion. However, people who do usually approached the purchase differently than those who don't. As a realtor, my ears perk up when I'm in a setting out in the world and I overhear people talking about homes, especially a purchase. Homeowners often talk about their homes as it relates to the market in general and usually evaluate their purchase success based on if they bought the least expensive property on the street or the good deal they got or not. But none of that actually matters if you don't really love it. And because the average time spent in a home has decreased more and more over years, I think far too many people view their purchases as what they want for now. So it doesn't really matter if you're crazy about it because you'll only be there for four years anyway. I'm hoping to change this a bit by challenging the way you think about your home, the changes you can make to it, or even start by first getting you into a home that you can stay in for a very, very long time. This takes thought, imagination, planning, all mental exercises. Would a new house be more consistent with what you value and enhance the quality of your life experience? For instance, does the design light you up inside or does its location give you easy access to activities that you enjoy? And by light you up inside, this doesn't mean, yeah, I like it. It means, oh my gosh and then your heart bursts. Whether it's a space you can convert into ideal, or it's ideal already, that is what you want when you're buying. You might get this feeling due to the location because it's walkable to all the things that make your heart sing, or because the exposed brick wall is the one thing you've always wanted in a city loft. Whatever it is, it's unique to you. Be patient. Wait for the right house or the right moment to make the space you already own into the thing that you know it can be. 
We know happiness doesn't come from stuff, but the values that underlie our stuff and how it impacts the quality of our lives is where the happiness comes from. For example, I have several nice cameras and they make me happy, but they don't make me happy because I own the cameras or because they are expensive or they look cool if you're into photography, but because they are in line with my values of expression and the world around me and they enhance the quality of my life by the action of being a photographer, capturing a photograph, making a photo. I've got a question for you. What part of your house do you actually actively live in? Like every single day. I would love for your answer to be all of it. But the reality is, Most of us have spaces that don't get used as often as others. The people that are most passionate about their homes typically use most or all of it. What are your least used spaces? I would say our least used space is our guest room, which doubles as my son's art room and music room. It probably gets used between four and five days per week. I have been in homes, however, where my clients tell me they never use this space where we are standing. My mind spins on what they might be wishing they had space for. And because this space is set up to be a fill-in-the-blank formal dining room, whatever, they can't think of it in any other way. And therefore, it sits empty while people in the family long for a music room or a proper mud room. Let's do a little exercise. Close your eyes with me. I want you to imagine morning coming. Imagine where you and your family start your day. Where do you prepare your food? Where do you consume it? Where do you get ready? Imagine every spot that every person has been in that morning and that it creates a faded red fog in the air. And every time you go back over that spot, you leave more faded red fog behind you, which makes the red a bit more intense. Each person that goes through there or functions in that space leaves a faint trail of that same faded red fog. Imagine a floor plan of your home. For the morning, where is the red most intense and where is there none? This is called a mental heat map. Let's move further into your day. Do you leave? Do you work from home? Where does this happen? Where is lunch? Imagine your break, coffee break, happy hour. Where do you sit? When the kids or partner comes home, what space are they occupying? Where is the darkest red area during dinner time? What space still has no red in it? Where does your family retire for the day and wind down? 
Let's imagine the weekend now. Do the patterns change for your children? Where do they play the most? Where do they do homework? And is it always in the same place? What happens when extracurricular activities happen and we shift into softball season or soccer? What spaces do they occupy then? Is your gear storage in a different area that suddenly gets used far more? Are you envisioning the red fog in all the areas where you and each member of your family walk through and use? What areas still have no red? Next, let's shift seasons to when you have more guests, if that's a thing for you. What spaces get used now? What spaces are doing double duty, increasing that red fog on your mental map? Let's talk about the spaces that have no red. Are those spaces too dark? Do they lack light or windows? If you've heard my previous podcasts, you know how important lighting is, and it can often single-handedly make or break a space. Refer back to episode six, lighting and windows, and have a listen again if you need to. Sometimes it takes several listens for things to sink in or to click. What is it about the spaces that get used the most that is so different from the spaces that don't get used at all. If you comment, everyone gathers around the TV, are they watching it the whole time? Or is it something that is simply comforting to have on in the background while people go about their evening? I know when I was a child, we always had the baseball game either on the radio or on TV, but that didn't mean we were actively watching it necessarily. If it's sometimes a passive thing, could you mount a TV in the space that is never used and make it an alternate space for something? When kids grow older, they often yearn for more independence, and so perhaps this could be their hangout space with board games, a low, big, chunky coffee table, or some floor pillows. Adding a couple lamps with warm lighting can take the harshness out of a bright light blasting from the center of the ceiling. You know those great little C tables that are like end tables, but they can be pulled right up and overlap your couch? Those are fabulous for casual spaces, and they're so universal. These work well for homework if a kid needs to read a chapter before starting on writing something. Likewise, they can support a laptop or a wine glass for an adult gathering, so they're incredibly universal and useful. I talked about spaces that don't get used in episode 5, and so for this episode, I needed to touch back on that subject and then expand on it a bit by talking about what makes people passionate about their homes and what makes them really love a space. So now, let's have some questions to ask yourself about your home space and your reason. Question number one, do you have pleasing proportions in your room? When a space has the right combination of furniture and open space, allowing people to move about the room without falling over furniture that's too large for the space it occupies, it feels good. 
Most furniture is made oversized these days, and it is a major point of rub for me. If there are any furniture manufacturers listening to this, please reach out to me because I would love to develop a line of smaller scale furniture, most of which has some dual purpose objectives. Question number two, have you achieved aesthetic calm in the spaces that you want that sense? Color schemes that are not necessarily monochrome or neutral, but instead have a restrained quality, tend to give your mind more ease. Tricks to achieve this include a limited palette, painting the trim and sometimes ceiling in a space the same color as the walls, and keeping the lightness or darkness of a scheme low contrast. Even if there is variation of hue within it, it helps spaces feel intrinsically relaxing. Add more intense color in small, intentional doses. Question three. When a home has enough windows to give you different experiences within the home because of the sun's movement throughout the day, this adds to your experience. Do you let in enough light so that the house has these experiences as the day goes on? Tune into this, especially when you're house hunting. This is an aspect that makes people passionate about their homes. Windows and light matter. Thinking of buying a home? Call me. I'll walk all the spaces with you and think out loud about these things. Question four. Have you created intentional outdoor spaces around your home? Or translation, look for this when house hunting if you know you aren't in the right home for the long haul. Even in small scale, outdoor spaces bring comfort and a sense of freedom and choices. Question five, consider views of nature, green trees or water, grasslands or desert scapes, rather than the blank walls of neighboring homes. Note that this can be accomplished by planting and creating beautiful green spaces in tight quarters. Put in the little raised garden bed at the end of your porch. Add a succulent wall in your tiny footprint of a deck. Adding green always lights us up. If you live on a sprawling property, think in terms of scale. When these plantings mature, what views will be blocked and or how tall will these plants or trees grow? How can I layer this plan of nature? Can a path lead to an eating area surrounded by your orchard? Can you add a deck onto your barn because it actually has the best view of the rolling hills out back? When you can interact with nature on a regular basis, you are more lit up. You are more passionate about the space. Question six. Have you put some blood, sweat, and tears into creating part of this home? 
Making something with your hands gives you an emotional connection to it, much like seeing an empty space alongside your house filled with bark chips, and then imagining a mature rock garden there, planting it, placing the rocks, cultivating it year after year until it is the mature space you dreamed of with shade and blooms, greens of varying colors, and ultimately it becomes all that you thought it can be. This takes time, but often people have moved on to the next home, so that pleasure is lost. Put down roots, cultivate beautiful things with your hands, and stay there long enough to really enjoy it. When housing inventory drops and there isn't a lot to choose from on the market, competition grows. Sometimes finding that ideal home can take a little bit longer. The market will always and forever have an ebb and a flow. There will always, always be peaks and valleys. You can count on it. At the moment, low mortgage rates have brought buyers back to the table, but a lack of listings means they're having to compete more. This competition pushes up prices, which means that even though buyers can get a good deal on a mortgage, now they're often paying a higher home price. There is no perfect time. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect. After missing out on a home due to a bidding war, clients are usually willing to be much more aggressive on their next offer. So when you take the time to really find the right house, one that speaks to your values and is in an area that you love, get the offer right the first time. Sometimes homes can be on the market for months without a price reduction and suddenly it can have four offers in one day. This happens. I always go in with my buyers pre-approved so if this is your house, we can write the offer quickly and lock it in without competition when possible. I have a fantastic lender that I use often who can do it all conveniently online so you don't even have to leave the office or your home. I run comps. Let's find out what's in the area that is similar, what has sold recently. Making an educated decision here is the only way to go. When you have all the facts, you can move forward feeling informed. Communication in any big transaction is key. Whether you prefer to communicate via text or phone calls, email or FaceTime, it's a multifaceted world. And so it's important to me to use the method you like best to be in touch. You shouldn't have to spend extra time thinking about what I'm doing or wondering where we are in the process. It's my job to communicate that to you. When you are excited and passionate about the property, I feel all the feels. It's as if I'm vying for this home for myself. It's so hard to not be emotionally invested because when we're strolling the grounds or standing on the deck admiring the view, I imagine myself in your shoes. What would I do in this space? How would I make this space work harder? I delight in this conversation with my buyers and sellers. If there were ever a house geek, 
I'm it. Case closed, guilty as charged. Unless you're a cash buyer, a typical sale from start to finish takes roughly 45 days. So when thinking in terms of shopping or selling, I always imagine where I want to be by what month and then work backwards. Account for time to search and be patient. I always pad timing because if we had extra time, it's bonus. But if we're short on time, that causes panic and worry. Also take into consideration that the other party, the seller, will have a timeline too. Sometimes the home is vacant. Sometimes they are looking to move but haven't found the right home for them yet. I can finesse all this, coming up with a rent back scenario for the current owners to stay an additional few weeks, or extending the close on your current sale, accommodating your buyer, moving out from a lease. It's all figure outable. These things are best handled by thinking out loud with me so you can focus on the lifestyle you envision, the passions you want to pursue, so the house you move into is ultimately a place you are incredibly passionate about. The transaction will come and go, and soon it will not even be a blip on your radar, but the choice you made in houses can light you up for years to come. You're going to want to subscribe to this podcast so they download automatically when new ones are released because I have a few brewing that are so closely related to this. How about an episode just on porches? How about talking about scale and art and filling empty walls? Can we talk about outdoor spaces? Holy buckets, I could talk about that all day long. Creating a great home office? Yep, it's all percolating in this brain of mine. I am busting at the seams with ideas as usual. That's why it's fun to work with me because I can take your seed of input and then expand on it and make lemonade thinking out loud to get you into a magnificent space. One thing you can do today, when is the last time you wiped down your cell phone? Germs and viruses are everywhere right now, so there's no better time than the present. Grab a soft cloth, Prepare a mix of 60% water and 40% rubbing alcohol. Lightly dampen the cloth and wipe your phone to kill all the unwanted bacteria. Nelson Mandela said, There is no passion to be found playing small. In settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. So don't you owe it to yourself to either make your home one that lights you up or move into a home that can. I can help you determine the market value of your home, chat about your timing and goals, discuss strategy, and handle negotiations. So if you're thinking of buying or selling in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, south to Wilsonville, all the way up to northeast Portland, call, text, email, or message me. I can help with your transaction and get you into a home that you are passionate about. 
Likewise, I can take your home and highlight all the things a buyer might be passionate about so your existing space gets top dollar. Send me an email at Christina with a K at spaceandreason.com. Hey, write a review for me because it lets others know this is a podcast worth listening to. Thanks for joining me in creating a home that thrives. I can't wait to hear about what you have in mind. My handle on social media is space and reason. 